Welcome to Moneyline. This is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me here on Tuesday, getting really close to wrapping up the quarter. we got a big show coming up. We're going to talk about that hedge fund that's blowing up, everybody's talking about, blowing it out of steam, of course. We'll talk about maybe some opportunities in the stocks that are getting hit. We're also going to talk about the vaccine and the great grand reopening, how we're getting very close to herd immunity. And we're going to focus on the space sector, the last frontier. Kathy Woods, ARK Space ETF launched today. We're going to break it down. We're talking stocks all coming up right now on Moneyline. The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. Again, this is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me. It is March 30th. It's a Tuesday. One more day tomorrow in the first quarter. Believe it or not, the first quarter is wrapping up. And, you know, good news out there. There's bad news out there. The good news is the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed Monday at the best level ever. The bad news is the growth stocks continue to get hit, but we may be very close to turning around. Let's take a look right now at the S&P 500. This is, uh, you know, we closed on, uh, what did it say, Tuesday, on Friday at the best closing level ever. We're at 39.60 right now, down about a quarter percent, but well off the lows of the day, half a percent from an all-time closing high. So things still looking good. Let me pull up the Qs here. This is NASDAQ 100. And this is important because these are the stocks, the big growth stocks that have been getting hit. And again, we've talked about this many, many times. We came down, we had our 13% pullback. That was the correction. And we've since rallied, and I've been saying this for about a week and a half now because it continues to the same thing, consolidating between this white line and the red lines, a 50-day moving average. That's not a bad thing. We're consolidating well above important support levels. And again, well off the lows of the day. We're down about three quarters of a percent right now, but well off the lows of the session. So that's where we are with the market. And just let's touch on yesterday because yesterday was a bit unique. As I mentioned, a Dow close at an all-time high. The S&P down slightly, Q's down about a half percent, that's the NASDAQ 100, but the Russell 2000, the IWM here, was down over 2%. That means the small cap stocks got absolutely shellacked yesterday, but today they're up 1.2%. So you're seeing this massive rotation of money from day to day, week to week, but what you have to really realize is long-term things still look great. Um, Today I, I did a webinar for my VIP members, tens of thousands of people that attended it. And we talked about some of the craziness, the pullbacks, some of the momentum stocks, the ETFs that track momentum, uh, the indexes that track momentum stocks, how they've gotten crushed, how they're sitting in a bear market right now. At the same time, as I mentioned, you have the down closing at an all-time high. This is a rotation of money. It's not going to last because the future, the roaring 2020s, is not built on the Dow stocks. It's not built on Coca-Cola. And speaking of Coca-Cola stock, it's been doing pretty damn well. Let's get a nice little run up here. But the future is not Coca-Cola stock. At least I hope not. We're obese enough as a damn country. We don't need more snacks and more soft drinks. This is not the way you want to be going. The future of the United States and the world, and even the great frontier we're going to talk about, space, the last frontier, is built on growth innovation, revolutions. And that is where these growth stocks are. And these are the stocks that still are outperforming Coke and the Dow over the last year, two years, five years. But in the last six weeks, they're underperforming. And that's okay. So speaking of that, let me do something here. I wasn't going to do this, but 
Let me pull up a momentum ETF for you because I think it can give you an idea of just how they've pulled back. Um, here's one, MTUM. And you can see here, it's very similar to the Qs, but this was about 180 a share, pulled all the way back to one, below 150 at one point. So it had a really big pullback. But what I like to see is you're consolidating near long-term support between 140 and 155. We're at 157 right now. You have the 200-day moving average it held, which is nice. So there's a lot of just this rotation again, but long-term. This pullback isn't much long-term. We had a very similar one in 2018. We obviously had the 2020 uh, bear market. Even this pullback here from 155 to 140, that's a 10% pullback. We had two 10% pullbacks in a matter of four months in 2020. And now we're having this. So this is not uncommon is what I'm trying to get across. So if you're in momentum stocks, growth stocks, this is part of the game, folks. It truly is. And if anything, all of these situations, oh, this chart has been giving me hassles all day. I'm gonna restart it while I'm talking. But all of these situations, they lead to what thing? They lead to one thing. They lead to a buying opportunity. And I apologize for this, but this is what happens when you do live to tape television. Um, I'm gonna pull this back up for you. So this is what happens though, when you have pullbacks and then you have opportunities. Let's see if we get back up there. There we go. All right, we're back in business. All right, so let's keep going. The next thing I want to talk about here is the hedge fund blow up. Before we get into that, though, I just want to talk, I just want to touch on something, and this is not political by any means. This is me looking at numbers because this is what I'm good at, folks. Just 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 bear with me here for a moment. The good news is, people over 65 in this country, about 75 percent have been vaccinated, three and four. And 81% of all deaths in the United States were in this age demographic above 65, which is great that we're getting everybody up there vaccinated. And now we look at the fact that there's about 31 million COVID cases, this is according to CDC. And most likely people are saying there's three or four times that. I'm going to go with two times that. So if there's two times 31 that were reported, that gives you 62. Let's call it, let's call it 60. Vaccines right now, about 91 million people have been at least the first uh, stick. Well, let's assume that 30% of these people already had it. So you're not adding to that number. So it takes that number down to 60 million. Let's add that 60 million to the 60 million that likely already had it. That comes together a little over 120 million people. In this country, there's about 210 million people over 18. That means over 50% of people have either had it, have natural antibodies, have been stuck with the vaccine, and there's probably even a higher number than that. Then you take out the fact that the lower risk people between 18 and let's say 40, 45-ish, my goodness, we are close to herd immunity. We're close to a level that um, as long as the variants don't change and this vaccine remains good and the antibodies that people have gotten remain still good, we're, we're near the end. And if the administration's right and everybody who wants it can have it, basically in the next couple of weeks, that's good news for people who want to get a vaccine. So the bottom line is, the, when I had to see the, the girl from the CDC yesterday, a woman, I should say, basically crying, trying to be the next Fauci, trying to get her face all over America and the world by crying about this fourth wave, I thought it was about the numbers. Again, this has nothing to do with politics. I don't give a damn if you get a vaccine or not. I'm not going to judge you. 
My point is, I want people to get back out there. I want people to travel. I want my friends who own small businesses to get back in business. I want new small businesses. I'm a small business owner. I want to get back. So don't tell me that we have this huge fear when the numbers tell me something different. And these are CDC numbers. So again, stop listening to the media. Stop listening to politicians because they don't give a damn about you, especially not about your portfolio. All right, that's my rant for the day. Speaking of media, blowing stuff up, let's talk about this uh, hedge fund, Archegos, I guess is how you pronounce it. So I'm going to give you a quick idea of what happened with this hedge fund. A guy named, by the name of Bill Huang, Huang, I don't know how you pronounce it, I think it's Huang, uh, H-W-A-N-G, probably butchering it, but I apologize. Uh, so let's go with Bill, Bill H. Uh, Bill H was a guy from Tiger Funds, uh, big hedge fund, and uh, he was like one of his disciples. And he has his own hedge fund, not the best guy in the world according to some of the reports, he had a little bit of trouble, check or pass to say the least, but that's irrelevant. He took positions in, in some of these growth stocks, and he took positions um, through some derivatives, and meaning they was extremely leveraged. So when some of the stocks that he owned, a uh, big one was uh, Viacom. When Viacom started falling, they did an offering. He had what's called a margin call, because you could only be leveraged so much. So he said, okay, you, got, you need to raise some cash. Well, that cash turned into billions and billions. As Viacom kept falling, he's selling it for less. So he just sell their shares. So what happened was he ended up selling all kinds of shares, a lot of Chinese stocks in here as well. Let me go through these because what I see is I see somebody who took too much risk, too much leverage. You know, for my clients at Penn Financial Group, we don't use margin. We're not going out and borrowing money. You invest what you have. Nothing against people out there that do that, but it's too risky for most people. When things are good, it's great. When things are bad, it's bad. You're forced to sell. Bill H. and his fund were forced to sell. Leading selling begets selling. Stocks get crushed. But once that selling's done, companies go back to being what they were. The selling's over. But again, it's the old pendulum I talk about. The pendulum swings one way and it swings the other way. When I bought Viacom at 100, no way. I don't think it was worth it. Viacom at 40, potentially. I'm not looking at it right now, but potentially. But let's take a look at a couple others that were in this mix that were there's a four sales on it. These are in no specific order, no buy recommendations here, just talking. Baidu. This is in our newsletters. Um, and it, you can always check out in our link in the description newsletter, $49 for the year investment opportunities. Baidu, B-I-D-U. This is a, a Chinese company, one of the largest tech companies in China. They're also the leader with autonomous vehicles in China. A lot of people don't know that. But it took off. It finally took off for us. Ran up from 110 to 350. Had to pull back with everything else. And then we had the Bill H situation here. Came all the way down to 175. We're back to 220 already. Love this company long term. What a great buying opportunity. When everybody's panicking and selling, what a buying opportunity. That's what we're trying to do here. We're taking advantage of everybody else. I always say we're the wolf. You don't want to be a sheep. You could be a sheep and follow everybody else. But who wins in the end? The wolf ends. Wins in the end. TME. I have no exposure to this. This is 10 cent music. Does it look familiar, folks? All time high got crushed. Fell from 32 down to 16 and change. Lost about 50% in a matter of three days. Back up to 21 and a half. Uh, another one in the list. Another company over there, Vip Shop. Again, 46 
down to 25, lost 45%, back up to 31. These were great opportunities when they're pulling back. Um, a couple others, IQ, IQ, this is the Netflix of China, was finally breaking out. This is in our newsletter, finally breaking out. And look at this. It fell from 28 down to 15, back up to 17.50. Probably a great buy down here. Unbelievable. Let's take a look at, uh, I looked at Viacom. Uh, Discover was another one that was kind of tied to Viacom. Look at Discover. Went from $19.78 back down. Man, oh man. Again, this is different because I'm not a big fan of this one. Uh, GSX, another Chinese company. This one's all over the place, but I just want to show you how it's getting crushed on the news as well. And one more, and I have to disclose that we did, we own this for Penn Financial Clients, bought some on this pullback, bought some more. Um, this is Farfetch. I love this company. It's a UK-based company. Let me tell you about this company real quick. Not recommending it at all. This is not a buyer-sell organization. This is just my thoughts. This company, they deal with luxury goods. During the pandemic, luxury goods such as Gucci, uh, if I have my wallet, I don't have a wallet with me. I have a Gucci wallet. So I love Gucci. I don't have my Gucci shoes on today, but I'd love, I'd, I'd like to some, you know, spend some money on some high-end stuff. <clears throat> so Gucci, other luxury goods. They're only sold in their stores uh, and high-end stores such as Saks or uh, on their website, Gucci.com. However, when the pandemic happened, doors got shut. So they need to continue to sell goods. So they finally opened up the possibility of selling their goods on other websites. Farfetch just happened to be the one that took advantage of this. So Gucci and all these other high-end retailers, or uh, goods, retail goods, suddenly realize, darn, I can make a lot of money selling it on these other websites. So it's here to stay. You can now go to websites as Farfetch and buy high-end luxury goods. And it's not going anywhere. So Farfetch is a leader. And that's why I broke to a new all-time high just in February. Pull back. But it was, again, it was coming back from the bounce from the growth. And boom, it got caught in this Bill H debacle. The stock's up 7.4% today. I'm glad we bought some this week. Uh, so I love it. I, I, I'm happy that we jumped in and that we've had some before that. So these are the types of opportunities, folks. When stuff like this happens, that's why we're here. To help you take advantage of this type of stuff. All right. The last segment I want to talk about, which I kind of want to focus on, is the fact that Kathy Wood, her new ETF launched today. It's the Space Exploration Innovation ETF. You can't really see it because, as you can see there, it's just one day. Um, it's already traded, though, 10 million shares. Holy smokes. So what we're going to do, though, is take a look at some of the holdings in there and analyze these for you. Because as much as I love Kathy Wood, as much as I love ARC Funds, ETFs to me, I'd rather go through the holdings and build their own ETF, build their own basket, if you will. So I'm going to stay away from this and I'm going to look at some of the holdings and we're going to analyze these for you. So these are the holdings as of the 20, these are 26, it says the holdings that it came out. So let's go through them. Number one is Trimble. TRMB is a symbol on this one. Uh, interesting stock. This has had a hell of a run already, uh, as you can see. And um, it's up today on the uh, news, probably some buying coming in, obviously, as a number one holding. You know, according to the numbers, it makes up about 8.5%. So let's take a look at Trimble and pull it up here uh, in our system. The problem I have with it is it's not a, 
it's, I mean, it's a space play, but, you know, it's not the most direct space play by any means. You know, they have building and infrastructure, uh, geospatial, which is the, the area of space, obviously, resources and utilities, and they also have a transportation uh, sector. The geospatial segment, um, they do uh, surveying and geospatial products, uh, geographic information systems. So they, they do have some exposure space, but to me, not very big. It's an $18.7 billion company. When you look at the growth numbers, folks, uh, future growth next couple of years, revenue, 7.3% annual, bottom line earnings, 9.5% annual. So I'm not seeing something where it jumps out at me. I'm like, whoa, this looks great. This is growth. PE ratio, 48.4. Peg ratio, 5.1. Not even nicely valued for the low growth. So it's not one I'd really jump into at this point. Another holding here, believe it or not, is their own 3D printing ETF, PRNT. I love 3D printing. Again, I'm not an ETF guy, but this is a, this is a nice uh, addition, I guess, because I think that will bounce. That makes up about 6.1%. The number three holding is KTOS, uh, which is Kratos Defense and Security. This is a company I've, I've been watching for a long time, uh, way back when it was in the single digits. Uh, I don't have any exposure to it right now. I is rallying today again on this news. And not a bad company. It's still only $3.4 billion. Uh, so it, it does have some upside potential. If I look at the growth, um, it is uh, trading about a PE ratio of 39. Uh, growth going forward, revenue growth, only 10.9% annual. Again, not really what I like to see. And earnings are expected to uh, come in. Last year, earnings per share came in around 70 cents. 2024, 54 cents. So they're dipping and they're not getting back up. I, again, it doesn't have the growth that I want to see. So I'd, I'd stay away from it for that reason. Um, JD.com is in there. I love JD.com. Uh, we have this for some clients at Penn Financial Group. Great buy here. I don't see it as a space play. So I think they're really, really reaching in my opinion. Um, a couple others. Lockheed Martin obviously is a space play, but it's also a huge aerospace company. Again, these are all top 10 holdings. Boeing's in the top 10. Uh, Komatsu, the big um, uh, Japanese company. Again, I don't see it as a space company. Uh, Iridium, IRDM, a little bit more of a space company. But again, let me pull up here and show you uh, what, I, what I see with this. Great rally, big pullback, formerly based. The chart looks great. As a $5.1 billion company, uh, it deals with... Um, uh, mobile services, data communication. Uh, it deals with uh, satellite type work. So that's where it falls into the um, fu future of uh, space. Let's take a look at growth here. Revenue growth, 5.9%. Again, you're not, I, I want to see better growth. So again, going through this list of, they have what, 39 stocks on this list right now. Workhorse is on here at 1%. I love Workhorse. And I think they're going to eventually get some of that U UPS, USPS contract. But is Workhorse really a space play? Well, they do have drones that they're doing a delivery, but is that a space play? Virgin Galactic, the, like, the only true space play on here, is a number 20 holding at 1.9%. Alibaba's on here. Uh, Netflix. <laughs> I mean, uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. And again, I love space so much that our next investment opportunities issue that goes out Thursday after the bell, we're launching our first space basket. We're going to start building our own space ETF. Again, I love Kathy Wood, but I think we could do better. And our baskets have proven we do better than any ETF out there. So we're going to do that. We're launching on Thursday. So if you're not yet a member, click in the information. $49 a year, folks. You get a monthly issue. You get access to all of our portfolios, all of our special reports immediately when you sign up. 
And we have a uh, risk-free back, uh, risk back guarantee too, or money back guarantee. $49. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's pennies a day. Now, what I see missing from this list is there's about seven um, SPACs out there that have definitive agreements with space-related companies. Now, let's take a look at those because I think that's where you're going to see the growth. And a lot of these might be added to her portfolio once the agreement goes through and they change the name and then they start trading into a new symbol and the agreements are all approved. So that's, that's where I'm thinking you're going to see a lot of these come in because these are true space companies. I'm just going to go through a couple. As I said, there's seven. And a few of these I've talked about already. This is Holicity, H-O-L. Now, they have an announcement to go public with Astra. Uh, they are a launch vehicle company. They're founded in 2016. And their mission is to really get a uh, new way to get space things into space. And they have revenue estimated this year. <laughs> hold your breath. $4 million, so not a lot. $67 million by next year. By 2025, again, it sounds crazy. It's only four years away. Estimates. These are estimates, folks. $1.5 billion. Where it's trading right here at 1230, it's trading at about uh, three, three to $3.5 billion valuation. About $3.5 billion valuation. But again, look at these SPACs. Ran up to 22, came all the way back down 11 and changes at 1231 today. It's actually down 8.8% today. So that's one you may want to keep an eye on. Uh, another one, very similar action, and uh, this ETF, or sorry, ETF, the SPAC is Osprey Technology Acquisition, SFTW is a symbol. They're merging a definitive agreement with Black Sky, and uh, what they do is they have the uh, satellite imaging and insights uh, that they provide to companies. Again, a company that, uh, not going to blow you away, they have estimates of $46 million this year in, in revenue, up to $546 in 2025. However, Trading where it is right now at 10.45, it ramped to 17 all the way back down. Actually traded below the $10 level last week, insane. Uh, at 10.45, uh, this stock right there is trading at about $1.4 billion. So again, only trading at about three times 2025 estimated revenue. So those are a couple to look at. Another one is NSH, which is um, uh, Navsite Holdings. Again, this one didn't run as much. Ran to 12, back down to 10. So it's at its level right now. It's at the SPAC level, believe it or not. They have a definitive agreement to uh, merge with Spire. They do, it's basically a data play. It's a data play on space, which I really think is interesting. Uh, where it's trading right here, it's trading at about a $1.6 billion valuation, so not that high. Estimated revenue $70 million this year, 2025, almost $1.2 uh, If that's right, you're trading at uh, about, what, 1.4 times 2025 sales? That's pretty damn attractive. So those are a couple to keep an eye on. Obviously, there's space, SPCE, as I mentioned. This is it was a SPAC and now trading Virgin Galactic. Um, actually, not a bad looking down here in this pullback, to be honest with you. Uh, all the valuations are a bit out of whack for a lot of these. Uh, another one, too, to take a look at is NPA. Uh, they have a definitive agreement to merge with uh, AST and Science. Again, ran a 25 all the way back down to 11 and a half. Um, they're the uh, first and only space-based cellular broadband network, which is kind of fascinating. Uh, no sales uh, for any time, even until 2023. So no sales next couple of years. Where it's trading right here, it's trading at about $2 billion valuation, a little over. And they're expecting, though, 2025, $2.62 billion in sales. So less than one times estimate sales for 2025. You know, a lot of these, again, very high risk because they are very, very new companies. They're companies that without the SPAC boom probably wouldn't have gone public already. They'd probably still be private, so you have a chance to get in. Again, valuations got out of whack. They came back. Maybe good here. 
I will tell you this. Uh, when it comes to space, though, you know, a, lo a lot of these firms are looking at a $1.4 trillion space economy by 2030, uh, which I find fascinating. Um, you know, doing a lot of research here in the last couple of days. How about this? Think about this. In the early 1980s, it cost almost $39,000 to send one pound of, let's call it stuff, into space. And it, one pound into space. $39,000. Well, by last year, that cost fell to $432 per pound. That's a decrease of 99%. That's what exponential growth and convergence of technologies and revolutions happen and it lowers cost. That's why all of a sudden we are now shooting things in the space and stuff's getting even cheaper. Uh, that's that's mind-blowing to me when I, when I see those types of numbers. Um, the cost of the entire program, uh, <laughs> space shuttle, oh, sorry, reading something wrong here. Where else is it? Uh, 1.4 trillion. Oh, then there's reusable rockets. Think about this. They lowered the cost to launch a rocket into orbit from 200 million to about 60 million today as they continue to go lower as low as $500,000 in the future because they're reusable rockets. But why is this happening? A lot of things I talk about, all these technologies, the convergence, you converge right now, you take 5G, you take the, the, the fact that we have material technology, oh, you put all this stuff together, artificial intelligence folks, and it leads to these types of opportunities. It's fascinating. I, I, I think space to me, we might be early, but you wanna be early. And let's go back to the markets here real quick before I wrap it up. The Qs right now, same place they were when it came on, down three quarters of a percent. I like the way things are acting. Did some buying today. Um, the electric vehicles look fantastic to me. I bought some more electric vehicles for some new clients at Penn Financial this morning. I'm loving the purchase. Um, I'm gonna do some more buying for myself likely today. I think a lot of these gross stocks are just beaten down. But I have to say to myself, uh, do say stock went from 60 to 40. Could it go to 35, 30 before I think it goes to 100? Sure, but I don't care because I'm investing for many years. And that's the attitude you have to take. If you take that long-term attitude, folks, you're gonna be very successful investors. And not every investment's gonna work out. You have a nice diversified portfolio. Use the baskets that we do. Man, oh man, check out investment opportunities. Please click on the information link. Again, $49 a year, money back guarantee. New portfolio coming out Thursday after the bell, our SPAC portfolio, adding two stocks. We'll be adding more throughout the next couple of weeks. You cannot miss it. All right, folks, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thanks for watching. I really, truly appreciate it. And uh, again, hold strong. Things are all right, but you have to zig when everybody's zagging. Don't be the sheep, be the wolf. This is Moneyline, and I'm Matt McCall. Moneyline with Matt McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com.